Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. It's so, it is so awesome. It's already been said this morning, but I'm going to actually hit it again. It's so fun to be a part of something. Um, so deep in the spiritual realm that, like, you could literally probably just leave the mic alone, and we're so worked up in here um, that that he could just do it. Um, you know, I was reminded this morning because, like, I'm on fire in in my season that I'm in, um, and I promise you, it's not because things are going well with my my circumstances. I'm on fire because I have an understanding that I know who's with me, um, and I, I I'm just excited. I'm like. I've, I've watched these little, uh, these little videos of little kids on dirt bikes, you know, before the bar drops, and some of them fall over, and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, because, like, I want to start this thing really well, um, but it is so awesome to be so tied into a spiritual realm of what he's doing that everybody's hearts are aligned already, um, but it is fun to also have some knowledge and some word, because the one thing that he showed me personally, I know we all learn differently, I know we, ha- we all flow in different veins, but not one time have I heard that ministry sets you free. Not one time have I heard that a song sets you free. I've heard that truth sets us free. So maybe, just maybe, you don't need just, I say, I got to be careful how I say some of this stuff because sometimes I understand what I'm saying and I don't want to, but sometimes just maybe you just need a new perspective. Maybe you don't need somebody to sympathize with you. Maybe you need a new perspective of your circumstance. Um, Before I jump too far into it. um, So, yeah, my circumstances have not been just amazing lately. But the God I serve has been amazing in me. Um, And it's it's been fun to walk. Um, And that first song, I didn't know if we would ever get past that song because that's what I've been declaring in my life of peace beyond understanding. I've got joy down in my soul, and I'm not going to let it go. You can't take it away. You didn't give it to me, therefore you cannot take it. And I mean, that is just something that is just finally being established in my heart. I've walked this walk for a little bit. I'm still a pretty decent new Christian in the, in the grand scheme of, I guess, Christianity and how long our lives can be. But I, I, do, I will say this about myself. I, when I run for something, I run with all my might. Um, I remember I used to run cross country, and I'm the shortest guy that would be on the on the starting line. And you got all these other guys that are six, seven, and it, my dad would always tell me, "Man, it looks like you guys are running two different races." Because I'm just with everything I got, and they're just kind of. But I just I would lay it all on the table, and this is like what I've what I've learned in this walk is I've put it all out on the table. If I fall, I got somebody that is an advocate for me. And he's going to pick me up. He's not going to make me feel guilty about it, but he is going to show me a better way. And uh, so I'm excited kind of what he's, uh, what he's really showed me, um, kind of in scriptures and stuff. So for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole story, um, but I want to talk about Joseph. Now, Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, other than Jesus, of course. Um, so Joseph is Jacob's son, and in the scriptures it talks about how he's the most loved son. Um, 
I didn't really dig into that part. Um, I can't understand that. Um, you know, I do. I, I seriously love my kids all the same. You do have different things, I guess, you, you can relate to them with. Um, and I, I guess I can understand that. But it, it says that he was loved more. Jacob loved Joseph. And Jacob loved Joseph so much there was already resentment from his brothers. And then Joseph comes on the scene one day to his brothers and he goes, Man, I had a dream that you guys basically bowed and worshipped me. And they're like, Who are you? Even Jacob goes, What, you think me and your mom and your brothers are just going to bow down and worship you someday? But the cool thing is, the story goes on and he has another dream. And, and if you look at Joseph's life, he not only has dreams, but he learns how to interpret them. But the bad thing is, is there was so much resentment from his family of who he was, they were going to kill Joseph. They threw him in a well. If I say anything wrong, by, by all means, you can correct me. Um, I'm just trying to kind of fast forward through the story. I didn't really get in-depth into it this morning. But, um, but they threw him in a well, decided, hey, maybe Dad will come find him. So how about there was this guy passing, and they sold Joseph, their brother, into slavery. So now Joseph had to live this walk of up and downs, in prisons, out of prisons. But he had this gift. And the Bible says your gift will make room for you in front of mighty men. We'll go, we'll leave it there. Um, but as uh, the Pharaoh, I do believe, um, starts to really understand, like, hey, this guy can interpret dreams, all of a sudden it starts to go pretty well for Joseph. Joseph, all of a sudden, is second in command, isn't even an Egyptian, but is in second command now. Um, and what I really, really want to hit on today is character. Character is, uh, I guess if you've been around me a lot, I don't say it as much as I used to, but I used to always say something, like my daughter would be washing dishes, and I'd go, I'd stop her, I'd go, you know what that's doing right now? She's like, builds character. <laughs> I, w I would tell her that all the time. No matter what she was doing, I would go, you know what that's doing? And she goes, builds character. Because I remember what it was like. As you're sitting there washing your dishes, I didn't dirty these dishes. And you're having to talk, this talk as this, immature kind of being, so to speak, and you're mad. But eventually you just start to learn like, hey, it just needs to be done. Or you just learn to get more resentful, which happens too. But that's not good character that it's producing. Um, so how about we do this? How about we pray? Lord, we thank you that your word is a beacon of hope for us, a beacon of standard for us. We thank you that you give us word so that we can follow and our actions will just follow that. We thank you that you're uh, establishing your will in our hearts, Lord, and I just ask you to keep edifying that, building it in our hearts today. And Lord, as I go in, just, I mean, just use my mouth as your will, um, not my own by any means, um, and Lord, I just give you free reign in uh, the service right now. All right, so before we really, really dive into this, um, so Romans 5, if you get into chapter 1, I'm just going to read it from, uh, or chapter 5, verse 1. 
Uh, we'll do, what do I want to do? Let's just do the New Living Translation. So it says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and confidently and joyfully look forward to the sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I'm going to stop there, otherwise I'll just keep reading and I'll never get to anything else because his word is enough. But, um, so go back, let's go back to where Joseph is. Joseph is now second in command and all of a sudden there's a famine in the land, but Joseph had a dream that God said we need to store some stuff up. And he had the provision and Pharaoh had had enough hope and confidence in Joseph's ability and gift that they did. They stored it up. So all of a sudden, a famine hit. And all of a sudden, some brothers come on the scene. Joseph's brothers, the ones that sold him into slavery, show up on the scene, and Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. Now, I, w- I would... I'm not a big theologian. I don't know all this stuff, but my guess is is Joseph probably looked more like an Egyptian at this point. He probably dove into the culture, so he was probably a little bit harder to recognize than if he looked like himself when he first went there. Um, You can preach on that all day, I'm sure. That's not my point. (laughs) But it is interesting, and I will point it out. um, Be careful how you hear it. Because so, we can easily relate and understand the Bible in the way that it's not trying to relate to us. But we can understand it, that it is people in the Bible. And it makes it a little bit easier to understand because when you read the Bible the first time, what's everybody say? I don't get it. Don't understand it. So you start opening up the scriptures, you start understanding, okay, we as people have this... Uh, nature from the fall that we're just running from God and he's trying to take moments of our life and put us on a pedestal kind of thing and go, this is my son. But we'll get further onto this. Um, But anyway, so Joseph had enough character to not be mad in the moment. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being sold by your brothers and yet here they stand all these years later and you're second, you have so much power behind you, you could destroy them in the moment. And he has so much character. Because, and I can, I can say this. Now, again, I'm not a theologian, but I can say enough of this that I know enough about human thinking and reasoning. He obviously did not dwell on it long. Because I will tell you, the times that we've all blown up on people, we visited the conversation that we blow up in. We visited that conversation probably ten times before we get in the conversation. And the minute it starts to look like the conversation we had in our head, wah, 
And we let them have it because I've, I've been preparing for this conversation. And that's what normally... So you can tell he was not dwelling on what his brothers have done for him. And it's just interesting because this is the relatable part. He does take a very brotherly-like uh, uh, action after this, and he messes with them. He like goes in the back and cries because he's excited that they're there, but then he comes back and he's like, you better bring your father back. And he's like all sternful, and they're all worried that it's going to go bad and everything else. So like we can relate to that as brothers for sure. Like We like to mess with our other siblings. Um, so it's just kind of funny that he did that. Now, I wouldn't say to continue with that kind of character, but like it's just funny that it's there to read. Um, and I'll, I'll come back kind of to that. But, uh, and, I mean, just think of the, the character it takes to, to accept them with open arms. They tried to kill him. I mean, it wasn't like they just sent him off. They, they were going to kill him first and let him just die a, a very nasty kind of death. Told their dad that he did die. Brought back a blood robe, right? It's just, it's crazy to me to have somebody in the Bible to look to that's not just Jesus. Because sometimes we, we look at Jesus and we see an impossible walk. Because Jesus is Jesus, right? Well, I would argue this. And this is taking none of the divinity of who Christ is. But I would argue this much. Jesus wasn't Jesus because he was Jesus. Jesus was Jesus because he was love. And he said to put that on, to be loved, to be rooted and grounded and established in love. For all of the prophets, or for all of the laws hang on, hinge on these two things. The laws of the prophets hinge on these two things. Love your God with all your might, mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. There's just so much love. love co I mean, I could sit here and constantly just keep... But love produces character. His love, not our love. We've been shown love, and what do we say? It's a, you know what? We've all been bitten by love. It's because we don't know what love is. Here's, I, can, I can tell you this. If we go back to the garden, there was nothing wrong, right? Adam and Eve, perfect in all their ways, had nothing. They were clothed in nothing. And didn't feel naked until they sinned. And they tried to cover it up with a fig leaf. Silly man, right? Maybe he won't see it. <laughs> That's what we do. Try to hide behind it. It's just hilarious to me. But like God in, in all his ways has made provision for us and loves us because he's never lost sight of what he created us to be. And this, this is what Joseph is doing in the moment. I've seen the Lord made a way. I've seen the Lord put me here because I could handle it. The Lord put me here to provide for my family. Even when they couldn't see it and treated me so bad and wanted to kill me, they did it to Jesus too. Here Joseph stands, excited, open arms. 
And I think about our own lives. And I'm like, what could I pull out what I've been walking through and really share with our, our, our family here? How can I encourage us to get on the, the same page? I mean, that's what it talks about in the Bible, right? These gifts and callings, prophets and evangelists and, and, and teachers and preachers are here for the equipping of the saints. I'm not here to get a puffed up head and feel good about myself because I gave a good message. I'm here to empower us all to be on the same page. We don't look and go, man, Daryl was on fire this morning. Get you some. I'm a cup overflowing. You're not going to run my cup dry. You can't suck the water out of me. I'm overflowing, and you're not pouring into me. He is. So therefore, you can't even taint it. Can, uh, taint it. But here's the thing. If we never allow our minds to go where he said we can go, we will always have excuses. He's working on me. I've heard that more in the church than I've heard anything. He's working on me. And what I've learned is that's more of an excuse and a stumbling block and quenches the Christ in you. He said, let your light so shine before men. Not every once in a while. I mean, this is a cool song we used to sing. I don't know if all you guys went to Bible school and stuff like that, but this little light of mine, it's not a little light. It says the eye is the lamp of the body and if the light, or if the eye has light, the whole body is flooded with it. I didn't read this Bible so I could teach a good message, I promise you. I've come across a scripture that told me, he said, He who knew no sin became sin on a cross so that you might die to sin and live for righteousness. And then by his stripes we are healed kind of thing. Like, we might, actually, it says something about somewhere that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Might. I'm not in the might anymore. I mean, if you made a way, show me. And he goes, follow me. <laughs> you know what we follow, though? Emotions, circumstances. And we make circumstances and emotions Lord of our life, and we don't even realize it. And here's what happens. Imagine if this happened to Joseph. This is what happens. Is we get, and take none of this as condemnation, okay? Take it as a standard being laid out. Trust me, I've done this. This is how I know it's there. And I'm not putting it on any one of us in here. Please understand that. But I am setting a standard to where we don't allow it no more. But we've had people in our lives that see us in hard moments, and then they relate to us. And the problem with that is you can't help me if you relate to me. You have no answers. You would hurt. The only thing you can tell me is how you would hurt if you were in my shoes. And that takes me nowhere. That gives me no answers and no way out. A justification to be hurt. And I don't need that. I've given every reason to be amazing in his sight and to... Walk like, it says, he is the firstborn among many. Even greater works will you do. How can you do greater works if you're feeling having a pity party for yourself? I don't mean it guilty. I'm not being harsh, I promise you. I'm just so tired of darkness alive in all of us. It says, when light comes onto the scene, darkness has to flee. Light is the wisdom of God, and darkness is the ignorance of man. 
The Bible even says, he says, what does it say like to follow him? What's the requirement? To deny yourself. He didn't say deny your spouse, deny your boss that's being a jerk to you. He didn't even say deny the devil. He said deny yourself. You are your biggest issue sometimes. And it's in the sense of the realm of thinking. Paul writes, he says, I serve the Lord with my mind. I've given it all to him. Take this, as I used to hear, <laughs> is take this stinking thinking and make it new. Listen, we sang that song. It's so funny because I was, you can, I don't even know how my one son was sleeping on the way here because that Jaira song, I was all the way up on my radio this morning. And, it's, and it says, that is enough. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. It's the knowing. It's the mindset that I lived from an already loved place. So here's what happened in the garden, right? Is uh, they're, they're, they're with God. They're loved by Him. And then all of a sudden they sin and they're apart from Him. And what used to be love now left us in need of love. And if you watch people's actions and how we say I love you to people, what we really say if you break it down is I need you. And people are not meant to be needed in this way. We are made for each other. It says love your neighbor as yourself. But love it in agape love. You know what agape love says? It's patient, it's kind, it's not boastful, it's not proud, it's not rude, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs, it's not puffed up. It's not self-seeking. Believes all things, hopes all things, bears all things. Love never fails. Why does love never fail? Because anything you can throw at it, it will not change its mind. It will not turn into hate because you throw hate at it. It'll just shine so much more. That's who we're called to be. You can throw all the hate on me. Jesus did it on the cross, didn't he? He said, no matter what you do to me, I understand you don't understand. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you understood it. So I lay my life down. He said, yet while you were still sinners, I sent my son. When you were still enemies of God, I still made a way for you. That's an amazing feat right there. That's amazing mega love. Undeserved love. Because love doesn't seek its own. It's not looking for you to do something. It's unconditional. We say I unconditionally love my kids, but when the conditions rise, do we love them? We can get in such a selfish mindset because we've been trained by the world, right? He says, put off the old, put on the new. You are a new creation. But yet we take all these old thoughts and we try to stuff them in our life. And we make sense out of them because I only got two cheeks, brother. You ain't slapping me a third time. It's the wrong mindset, wrong mentality. We're taking our old wine, listen, our old wine, and we're trying to shove it in a new wineskin. What did Jesus say about doing that? He said, they'll burst, they can't hold it. The wineskin has to be made new. I mean, if you catch anything today, Catch that you have been made new as if you've never been with the world, as if you've never sinned, you've never indulged, like you've never stepped out of the Father's house. 
He doesn't see you. He said, you are spotless, blameless, and above reproach. And, and that song we sang said, how does that go? Um, you say that I'm chosen. Listen, you know what else he said? Read your Bible. It says, he said, let there be light. And there was light. If the one that put everything to existence speaks and it happens, we should really understand when he speaks about us, it should happen. It's not, uh, well, brother, he's working on me kind of thing anymore. He's got, he's not missing the chisel. Here's what happens is we're so dried out and, and molded and shaped by life. When, we when he touches us with his word, we're fragile and we, we can't handle it. But he says, here's hope, though. He says, hey, I can't even remember. Is this, it might be in Isaiah, Old Testament scripture. I'm not real good at where they're at. But it says, I am going to take your heart of stone, remove it, and put in a heart of flesh. There's hope. Even when you're not even wanting to have hope, he's putting it in there. And you know how he's doing that? Through his people. Let Georgia Mystic, man, just keep touching them, Lord. It's how it works. We underestimate prayer sometimes. Let me tell you this. I'm here as a miracle because I never wanted to be here. My dad's right here for testimony. So if you need to know, I ran from it, didn't want none of it. It's not that I didn't believe it. I just didn't want it because everybody that showed it to me, it was disgusting. And that's where I'm at today. I'm going to show an overflow on everybody that I come in front of. I don't care if you want it, you don't want it. It's still going to come out of me. And I'm going to show you the way that he provided for us. Whether you kill me, martyr me, I'm going to make a stand and I'm just going to stand. He says, when you've done all of it, to stand, stand. That's what I've decided. There's just so much in this, um, in this life that, that tries and, and, and comes against and wages war on our very soul, it says. And I will say this, like, I was in the military, so like I kind of know like a little bit on kind of like strategy of war. Now, I wasn't a war guru or nothing like that, but I was in the infantry. I was just a little trigger man. But I got taught enough to realize that you kind of want to know the scheme and maneuvers of your enemies. And you want to be as hidden as you possibly can in your schemes and maneuvers. So there is one thing that I've noticed in the Bible that he does kind of scheme the, the enemy, I don't even really care to give him any praise on this pulpit by any means because he is nothing. But I, I, I've read the Bible enough to say that when uh, I seen him in the garden, he was a little snake. And in Revelations, it says he's a seven-headed beast. Somebody's been feeding him. And what our mission and job is, is not to wage war against people. It's not to get the upper hand. It's not to wage war so my blessings come, Lord. I need a blessing. I need a miracle. He already told you to deny yourself. Why are you so worried about yourself? 
this is one thing that I, I, I've been able to allow. I don't know if I even allowed it. I can't even say that. Like, he's done everything in me that pleases him. He's done the work. He's the one that did it. I can't even take credit. I didn't even want to do it. So how could I stay in here and go, look at me go? I'm just simply open to it. Use me, Lord. But this is the one thing that he showed me, and it's set in my heart so firmly. And I even, when I, when I noticed it, I even was laying in bed and like I just broke down in tears and told my wife to pray for me. I do not want to lose it. I got joy that I don't want to let go. And I don't want it to develop into pride as if I've done something to get here. But I want to provide a way for everybody else to come and follow. It says that the, the, gates of he, uh, the, the path to heaven is narrow and the gates of hell are wide. Because the gates of hell to me have to fit the individuals walking. We're walking in single file right behind our leader. Doesn't mean a lot of us can't get there. I have hope for everybody in this room and everybody that's connected to everybody in this room because somebody had faith and said my name the same way. So, so I'm going to share a little bit of my story. I didn't think I would. So I have this lovely young daughter. She's 19 years old. And I had her when I was 16 years old. I grew up with her and then started to learn how to be a father to her. It's not your normal parent scenario. I was extremely young-minded, extremely out of my league. But I remember when she was just a few hours old, they almost kicked me out of the hospital, matter of fact, almost kicked me out of the hospital because I was too young to be there overnight without my parents there. A wild world we live in. Had a baby, but you can't be with it. Just doesn't make sense. But I was a very, very, very confident, arrogant man, even at 16, that you will not tell me what to do. Look at that child. You think somebody didn't try to tell me not to have that child? (laughs) That was just who I was. I will do what I please. But anyways, so they finally leave me alone, realize it's going to be a very big headache if they are going to get me out of the hospital. My daughter's mom was passed out because labor was long. And here I sit with, I mean, seriously, on my way to prison or death, for sure. Sheer destruction anyway. And I look at this little girl, and I start vowing to her things that I would... I couldn't have just mustered up in my own thinking. I made declarations over this girl that, Lord, I will protect her. 
Hey, you serve the Lord, but Lord. That's, isn't it funny how we go straight there in those moments? Don't want nothing to do with him, but Lord, help me. It's crazy. <laughs> We're so designed to love him. And we think the other way. We get in the moment and go, where are you, God? And he's like, man, I've been there at the beginning, and I'll be there at the end. But I vowed to this little girl. I've tried to do my best. Now, we can argue that if I was a good father or a bad father or just an okay father. But to what I knew, I tried. If I could do things different, I probably would. I would have definitely been a Christian sooner in her life so that she didn't have to struggle with who is this guy, think he is. All of a sudden, he's just going to change on us, and I just got to go with it. I wish I didn't live that in front of her, but I did. I can't change it. Paul writes, he says, hey, one thing I do to go is I forget about the past and strive for the future. I'm telling you, I read this Bible not to tell you about it. I do it to change my life. But anyways, this girl, not even a month ago, I catch wind. She's thinking about getting married. Didn't really even know you had a boyfriend. You're going to get married on me? So the dad rises in you, right? I know this kid. And the first words out of my mouth were not holy. It wasn't way out there, but it wasn't casting good vision, let me put it that way. And we got to be careful with what our tongue says in a moment. Because that's powerful. We're letting that be declared in their life if we're not careful. But I caught wind. She didn't even tell me. I have to go up there into her room. You know what I heard? My, my timid little daughter always, anytime I gave her a lecture, almost stood sideways to me so she could just get out of Dodge when the moment was right. She was always respectful, but she'd always stand almost like this when you talk to her. She just, she doesn't want to talk about it. And I come up there. I'm going to tell her that this is a horrible idea. We're going to hug and she's going to understand it. <laughs> what do we think? I don't know. That's what I thought. And I go up there and I'm like, Lily, have you thought about it? This is ridiculous. You don't even know each other. You never even supported each like yourself, let alone support each other. This is all the dad rationality, right? And my daughter, my timid daughter, just she takes this stance and she goes just like this. And I go, oh, buddy, I'm too late. But here's the thing, is I wasn't too late. Because he's been providing a way for me to still have a relationship with them. So I learned this a month ago. They're married. I have a son-in-law now. I'm excited. I have a son-in-law. But here's the thing. If I did not build the character enough to understand that he introduced me to this kid when he was 14, 13 years old. And some, somehow it was in youth. And he used to reach out to me about the Lord. And he turned his back on all of it. And that's how I'm judging him. But the Lord made a way. And this boy, I'm not even joking you, so like, 
I've decided to follow Jesus, not my emotions, okay? So when I realized, I told them, I said, I'm going to fight y'all until I can't fight no more, and I'm going to be your number one fan. And I fulfilled that. And it was 24 hours before their wedding. I said, I'm all in, guys. What do you need? And I will always be there. Don't ever think that just because I disagree means that I don't love you guys. The whole reason I fought so hard is because I seek trouble. But I didn't escape it. It makes me think I can cover your life. I'm not built to cover it. But I spent 15 hours with that boy Monday. He decided to come work with me and would not leave my side. He was at my house till 1 in the morning, drawn to something. And he doesn't even, he's not even aware what he's drawn of. I was really hoping he'd show up this morning, but like that's my, this is the one thing that he's established in my heart is I wake up with no expectation because my life's not my own. I'm not looking for my, my daughter to make the right decision. I'm there in any decision she makes. Not always in support of the decision, but support because I love her beyond anything she could ever do to me. We talk about the prodigal son. I had to learn how to be a prodigal father this week at the last couple weeks. That's a hard shift from being a prodigal son to the father. That father didn't even wait till he got to the door. He took off running. Bring robes, bring it all. My son's back. How could she ever come back if I never make a way for her? What if I burn that bridge for us? I told them, I said, look, my advice may be annoying to you guys because right now you're living in the here and now and I'm 20 steps ahead of you. I'm just making sure that it ain't going to be a mess to the best of my ability when you get there. You're her husband now. Cool thing is, is we have a husband. It says we're betrothed to one husband. He's got the vision laid out for our family. He's got the vision. He's got the way. And what did he say? Come follow me. We're going to do some amazing things together. We're going to flip the world upside down. For good, not evil. And I want all my people to know who I am. I want all men to come to the knowledge of me. Eternal life is this, that you, may, you might know me. It's all scripture. It's all in your Bible. And he's provided a way from the beginning. What we get to carry is basically a Holy Ghost defibrillator. And we get to go up to people and go, and they're like, <gasps> and they get to live. Not in lies no more, but in abundant life. If you don't know what this life is about, it says, he's going to give you life and life more abundant. If life's a, you know what, and then you die, you're going to get a whole lot of it. If you don't know what it is, it's all going to be trouble. Life is not a grind. 
Life should not be a grind. You look at the life of Jesus and see if he found it to be a grind. I will say he did, he, one, a couple things he hated was religious people and lack of faith. It's the only times I see him be rude. You faithless people. How about turning the page and him going, hey, you know how Joseph was awesome? He did that just by having knowledge of me. Guess what I did for this new church? I've left a helper for you. It's going to be even easier than what Joseph could do. I'm not going to even dwell in buildings anymore. I'm going to dwell in the hearts of my people. You can't take it anywhere if you're hurt. Look, look, I'm all for seasons. Of course, people have to get on their knees and understand where they're at so God can go, breathe. But ten years later, we should be moldable, pliable in front of the potter. And it's time, guys. But here's the awesome thing. Is I used to, with, with what he's put in me, I used to get mad at Christians because we're not seeing it. I have no expectation on the day. If we want to sit and drink milk, I'm right there with y'all. If we want to eat some meat, oh, I'm ready. But no matter what, in any circumstance given to me, I've learned to be content. I don't have an expectation. You think about it this way, disappointment. Disappointment is because you put a, an appointment for somebody to be at. And when they don't get there, you're disappointed. You quit making that appointment, you'll be surprised what he'll do through your actions. You, if you could actually, I'll show you exactly how it started to come alive in me. Lord, when nobody's looking, Lord, I've read your word. I've tried to do it. And every time I fail. So Lord, just make me new. Let me put this thing on that you call life. Let me put this thing on that you tell me to put on. That This robe that you say that you put on me of righteousness. Let me do that. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just chimes in and he goes, Daryl. It's called the Beatitudes. I want you to become this thing, not do it. You're trying to do it in action and let your heart follow. I want you to run with your heart, and then your actions will follow. Romans 8 said, basically, if you present your members unto holiness, you'll present yourself unto holiness without trying to be holy. It doesn't work on our own effort. It's a gift from God. Open it. Quit trying to do it. Just let him become it. Let him live inside you. Quit being a, a, a gospel quencher, so to speak. You think about this, like, if you take an apple and squeeze an apple, it'd be ridiculous to expect grape juice out of it, right? If you squeeze a Christian with trials and tribulation, it would be ridiculous to think that anything but Jesus would come out. Now, I'm going to be careful when I say this. I'm going to leave with this. I think it's amazing that we seek and set an atmosphere for God. Be careful on needing an atmosphere for God. 
Because if you become the righteousness of God in him, it is a lifestyle. Because what happens if you need to set an atmosphere? You light your candles. I don't mean to make a mockery of it, but you light your candles and all of a sudden a kid comes in. Mom, 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 mom. Dad, 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 dad. What do you do? Get away. I'm trying to spend time with the Lord. What have you just done to them though? And then the Bible, I've read it and in quite a bit of it anyways, not all of it, but I've read a lot of it to where I know it says that uh, if I have anything with another brother or a brother has something against me, leave his presence and go deal with that. And I've just sent my kid away in anger. And the Bible also says don't raise your kids up in anger, Dad, for they will come become discouraged. Again, I didn't read this stuff to quote it real good. It's my mentality now. It's my lifestyle. And I get to say that I've walked through a trial for the first time in my life. I'm so, I'm so excited about it. For the first time in my life, and I don't have to sit here and clean up the mess. I don't have to sit here and try to apologize to everybody for my actions. I can just be. I can be up here without all these negative thoughts of they just knew what I was doing last night. I've done that plenty in my Christian walk. I don't want to do it no more. And I don't want you guys to have to do it. It's like that song said, you're chosen and you're loved. No matter how much you want to, George, you can't run from it. You're chosen. Your wife is right there with you and she's just waiting, man. We love you, man. I ain't trying to single you out. I, d I don't mean it that way. Just saying, man, we're chosen, we're called, we're predestined, justified, qualified, above reproach, the head, the not the tail, righteous, blameless, spotless. I mean, it's, it's like presented to him as a, as a chastened virgin is what it says, as if we'd never been with the world. He says amazing things about us. And we can't get past our own thoughts about us. It's time to let his word declare the way. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing um, in all of our hearts, Lord. And I just ask you to continue to edify it, edify it, build it, and make it become a reality in what we do, Lord. So that we're not trying to do this thing, we just become it. And in the midst of becoming this, Lord, let us change the world. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.